Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Director of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bible Teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work to make Christ known among the nations, go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our Mission Fellowship here in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We are considering Psalm 8, which David wrote to celebrate his triumph over the giant Goliath. This event has led David to explore the greatness of God, and once he does this, he finds he has no words suitable to sound forth God's praise. May you yourself learn the economy of words before the considered greatness of God. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Have you ever been and seen the Grand Canyon? It is breathtaking. There are a lot of people assembled there. Usually, when I went there, there was a large crowd assembled all around me looking over at the Grand Canyon. It is massive. It is something to behold. It's awesome to us from what we have seen in comparison to what we see on a daily basis. One of the things you'll notice at the edge of the Grand Canyon is the silence around you. Nobody is saying anything. Maybe, oh, (laughs) you know. There was a retreat in the Canadian Rockies that was open to pastors to go to and churches to go to hold retreats there. It was a large, large retreat center right on the face of a mountain before a huge, massive canyon or ravine. No word justifies or can explain what was before you. And then rising on the other side was this huge fortress of a mountain before you. And this large building looked like the size of a shed or a leaf in proportion to everything around it. And Well, one of the other things you would note when you'd arrived there was in everyone who came, as you ate your meals, as you went out to walk in this area and stand on the edge and over this massive cliff, was the silence. Interesting thing. You would think that there would be a lot of praise, worship songs that would take place. No one sang. No one sang their loud worship songs. Just silence. The worship that took place was, oh, the proper word for fullest praise is, oh, Yahweh, our Master. And may you discover in your own life Moments of praise and worship just like that that render you speechless before Him. Let me give you a practical application here. May you learn to practice an economy of words before the majesty of God. That's what's taking place here. Oh, Yahweh, our Yahweh, our Lord, our Master. How excellent, how excellent, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Second thing I want you to notice here is the Wonder that David has at God's method of victory through the method by which God prevails over the enemies and it's through the child's faith. He says, out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength and thus David identifies himself. Because of your enemies you have silenced the enemy and the avenger. Interesting where it says you have ordained strength. The word there is you have established a stronghold. You have raised a buttressed or defense against the enemy. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies. You have silenced the enemy and the avenger. David sees the prevailing power of God displayed in God's use 
of something so seemingly weak as a little babe, a little singing babe, trolling along, and that this is the one who trolls along in the praise, and God out of that little babe brings his victory. I would say this, something of the power and majesty of God is this. God is so great and God is so powerful that he, he has no problem leaving his defense to the weakest of human beings. Here, little baby, you be the one who speaks for me. That'll be enough. You might remember the story of the Lord Jesus telling his disciples that they were facing a great work. It was just in the night before he was arrested and went to the cross. And he warns them of all the difficulties that were coming ahead and their witness of Jesus Christ and all the challenges that would meet them. And he said, you know, I sent you out in the past and I told you not to go with a coat and I told you not to go with food. But now I tell you to get your coat and I tell you to get food. And if you have a sword, take it with you because there's a battle ahead for you. And we're told that apparently the disciples at that moment in time took him very seriously, so they scoured the house and they found two swords. And they came back to the Lord Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, here are two swords. The Lord's answer is wonderful. He looks at them and he says, that'll do. <laughs> That's enough. That's what you needed. They didn't know what they were facing, the huge resistance that they would be facing. The demonic hordes that would mount up against them. The resistance from their own countrymen and the persecutions that were coming. The Roman Empire that would turn its fortresses against the witness of the gospel. And persecute them and send them the lions in the amphitheaters to die. And The Lord Jesus says to them before that great task, saying, arm yourselves. Oh, those two small swords, that's enough. God is ready in all of his power to consign his defense to children. That's what David is saying here. God is so powerful and so mighty. David is wondering at this, but it makes sense to us now when we see how great and powerful God is. David is wondering, this is the wonder of the story, that a boy who sings songs of praise is the one who defeats the giant. And David, comparing himself to a lisping baby and to nearly a nursing infant, is in awe that it's him that God has raised up to be the stronghold against the enemy. The enemies of the earth have amassed against God. They assault the ways of God, the people of God. They rally against the things of God. And God rallies a battle charge against the foe. And he lets loose a shout of victory into the enemy's ranks that sets them on their heels. And the charge is led by a running child running through the grass. And his shout is a song of praise and trust to God. And David sees himself as that babe who has been set up as a bulwark and a defense against the enemy. Oh, what a decoration of the power of God, but of the glory that God finds in the simple hope and faith of children. God delights to use faithful children to bring his greatest victories. Zechariah chapter 8, go there for just a moment. Zechariah chapter 8 speaks of how God delights in the simple faith and the joyful play of children. There it speaks of the millennial kingdom that is going to come one day and reign from Jerusalem where the Lord Jesus is going to establish His kingdom and He's going to rule and reign. And we imagine the streets and the kingdom that He established, that He establishes it all for the prominence of great men, for the parade of warriors and kings and wise men and intellects to assemble in this great city. Who will be there in the great city that He establishes? where Christ will reign with a rule out of iron over the nations. It must be the finest and the best and the most powerful of earth. No, verses 3 and 4 tell us of the population of that city. 
Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each one with his staff in hand because of great age. The streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. God's delight. The joyful, vibrant praise of pattering feet and laughing children. It was on the very last week of Christ's life when He entered into Jerusalem, ready to engage in that moment that was set in the eternal counsel of God in which He would wage the greatest battle of all, the battle for our redemption and freedom from sin the defeat of the devil and all of his hordes, the releasing of us from all of our bondage. And he would do this by not arming himself with 10,000 angels. He said at that moment, if you remember during that week, that he could call 10,000 angels to rescue him. He didn't do that. No, instead he allowed himself to be stripped of everything and to be nailed naked to a cross to die for our sins. But when he first came and entered into the city to begin this battle, he entered in the city presenting himself as a king. And at that time, we're told, and what captured his attention was the cry of hosannas ringing from the lips of little children. Remember? The Pharisees came to the Lord Jesus and asked him to quiet them and tell them to stop singing hosanna to him. And Jesus quoted Psalms chapter 8, verse 2, this very verse that we're looking at. In Matthew 21, verse 16, he says, Have you not heard that out of the mouths of babes and nursing children... God has perfected. You have perfected praise. This is the way it's supposed to be, gentlemen. The greatest battle for the souls of men begins with the songs of children. And Jesus tells us that if we receive a little child, we receive him. And Jesus tells us that if we receive the kingdom, we must receive it as a trusting little child of faith would receive it. I've spoke about this in the past. What is the expressions of faith that is found in a little child? There are three. It's this. The little child's faith is one that sees God in every moment. A little child always has God before their eyes. Number two, a little child's faith is one that believes God in every moment and circumstance. It trusts in Him in every situation. A little child is one third who exalts in living vibrantly before that God. We see it in our children. Our children look at us, they see us as their parents, but when they're little, they see us with a godlike authority before them. We are God before them. And our little children look to us in every circumstance, in every situation in life, and they trust wholly in our presence to deliver them from every circumstance. And our little children delight, delight to find their vigor and their joy under our watchful eye. We're seeing in our own little grandchild that's just been born. Do you know when we walk out of the room, he kind of cries, particularly when his mom walks out of the room, and as soon as his mother walks in the room, he gurgles and he laughs and he kicks around. He loves to express life under the watchful eye of his deity, and right now his mother is his deity. She's like a god to him. That's childlike faith. And that is a picture of David's heroic act. That's it. The others saw a giant. David saw God and the armies of God being defied. The others saw ruin waiting before them. David saw God's delivering power waiting for him. They cowered. 
he ran with vigor into the battle, slinging away. And God used the child to defeat the giant. I don't know where you are in your life. The fact is that challenges face us on an ongoing basis. The idealism that was once ours when we were young oftentimes is forgotten. We put it aside and somehow we labor through life and we forget the faith of a child. But the faith of the child rises up to remind us when you hear a little child singing only a boy named David, the faith of a child reminds us that God is great and that God does great things. And our challenge is whatever the giants are before our lives, as we face them, to find the child's faith, to recover the song and sing it. Wherever you are in your day today, let me take a moment to remind you to be praying for your brothers and sisters in far-off lands who are struggling to survive in the midst of the upheaval our world is experiencing. Pray that their lives would be marked by boldness and peace and praise. Marked so much so that they may become an attraction to those around them. I once met a man who was banished from his city for converting to Christ, but eventually he became a great evangelist to that city. Asked how, he explained that God kept sending drought on the land, but gave plenty to his own land. The people started coming to him, to his banished piece of earth that is, for rice. May God do that for our brothers and sisters around the world, making them necessary to their neighbors and those in their community. To learn more about our ministry at Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.